Welcome to episode 16 of Clean Simple Free. I'm your host, Ashley Alexia Fox. Last week's episode was part one of a two-part episode on sustainable living. So if you enjoyed that, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. This is something that's been in the works since October, so I'm pleased to present this interview with a wonderful guest who aims to create an intentional, sustainable, homegrown way of living, regardless of the size of your yard or where you call home. My guest today is Stephanie Leaf, a mother of two who focuses on creating a healthier, simpler life for her family. She runs a blog called Winging It on the Homestead, which contains recipes, simple living tips, and documents her family's journey to a self-sufficient and intentional way of life, and how modern families can adopt this lifestyle without moving to the country or living off the grid. Stephanie, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited about this. And I know we've both been looking forward to this for a long time. So first, your blog is absolutely wonderful. I've been pouring through it. I have a lot of recipes I want to try. (laughs) And I was really happy you reached out to me because typically when I think of homegrown gardening and like you said, more old fashioned ways of living, I do think of a more rural setting. But you intrigued me by mentioning how you adapt this way of life for modern families. So where in the U.S. are you located where this is a viable option? Basically, how do you do this? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So I, I live in Maryland and my family, we have two and a half acres. So that's some land but not expensive. I mean, we by no means live on a farm or a ranch or or live off the grid or anything like that. So it's plenty of room for us to have some gardens and we're looking to go into some animals in the next year or so. But you definitely don't need to even have that many acres to get started with this kind of lifestyle. There's definitely ways that you can make it work for you even in an apartment or with a you know, like a townhome with a small backyard. There's definitely ways you can utilize the space you have to grow your own food. Or even if you can't grow your own food in your backyard, there's, you know, of course, ways that you can get food locally, locally grown. So there's definitely ways and strategies and, and techniques that you are able to incorporate some of these simple living things into your life, regardless of where you, you live. That's awesome. I've often said that I would love to be able to just have a couple of chickens so that we can have like our own farm fresh eggs and stuff. But I'm in an apartment, so that's definitely not a viable option now. So what drew you to a more simple way of life and how have you adapted this kind of lifestyle into your more modern setting? I think as with most people, it started with the food. So for us, it started with when we bought our home about five years ago, we really wanted to start a garden. When growing up, I never had a garden or anything. So my my mom and I thought, oh, we got plenty of room. We'll we'll try gardening. And after maybe two years of variable levels of success, you know, we we keep continuing to grow and learn. So it kind of started that way. And then once you start gardening, you know, then you you just naturally get introduced to food preservation, like what to do with all of that food. And then that just really intrigued me, learning how to preserve your own food, cook with it, and then just other old-fashioned techniques and self-sufficiency skills all just kind of 
followed along. My family, you know, and there's so many resources available on how to do this type of stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's really the pride and the satisfaction that you get from learning self-sufficient skills and being able to share that with my my kids is something that keeps me learning. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. And I'm, again, I'm really intrigued. So you mentioned self-sufficiency and getting your kids involved in the process of gardening, as well as in the kitchen, I'm sure with the food prep and everything. Mm -hmm. How do you go about teaching your kids this kind of self-sufficiency and sort of getting them involved and learning and developing these habits on their own? So right now, my my kids are really little. They're two and three. So we're just getting started with this. But I think that it it's not only getting them involved, but also how are you able to do these types of things when you have such little kids? So it really does take a level of planning. When you're planning your garden, you're planning what meals you're going to make, how you're going to involve them or handle the, you know, what the project that you're doing with them. So mm-hmm. for example, in the garden, it's really important that for me, for various reasons that we have a fenced in garden that helps, you know, prevent the deer from coming in. We have a deer problem here, but it also allows me to have them in the garden with me safely. And then mm-hmm. I, peace of mind that they can, I can have them play. I can have them help me or, you know, they love picking the vegetables and just also having that level of patience and understanding that they're going to pick a bunch of green tomatoes and, you know, <laughs> whether you want them to or not, yeah. or they're going to make a mess in the kitchen. But I think just being able to cultivate that level of awareness for their food, as well as that it is an option to, you know, cook their food, you know, I think that all of those kinds of things are really important, but it does take a level of planning, but since Mm -hmm. you're planning these things and working these things into your life anyways, it's just an extra step, I think. At such a young age. That's so impressive. I don't have kids, but I do have a little niece and nephew that are about to be three and one of them is four. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to get them to focus on anything. Right. (laughs) Really getting your kids to start learning about that kind of self-sustainability and, you know, sort of eco-friendly living and learning where their food comes from and everything like that. That's really cool that they and we'll kind of have that skill set from such a young age. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think that, I mean, it definitely takes a level of patience and flexibility on your part mm-hmm. to know they're going to make a mess. And, or, may, you know, I, when we're baking, I'll give them like a separate bowl with some ingredients and let them start, you know, I mean, stuff that's not going to make too much of a mess or really disturb what I'm trying to do. Sure. It, it gets them involved and gets them side by side with me. And seeing what's going on. So that that level of awareness, I think, is just really important for them. Yeah, very much so. Well, recently I did an episode on sustainability and being more eco-friendly. Piggybacking off of that topic, you talk a lot on your website about toxin-free cleaning and cooking from scratch. Could you elaborate on that a little? Yeah, sure. So, you know, there's lots of reasons to choose cooking from scratch over like, the convenience of prepackaged foods. For us, it's, you know, knowing where your food's coming from, the ingredients. And that comes also in the satisfaction as far as preparing, cooking, and feeding your family the meals from scratch. And that also, also as far as non-toxic cleaning, uh, having that ability to 
make your own cleaners as opposed to you know purchasing everything that you make and just having the peace of mind that you are using that what you're using is non-toxic because you know exactly what's in it these things sound so difficult or sound so time consuming but there's they're really not and if it's if you take the the a slow process to it or a step by step process to it it really is something that can be incorporated into your life pretty easily so I, I mean, we love knowing what we're using both in our products as well as our cooking. And I think that that's Absolutely. really important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I have a dog and, you know, animals. <laughs> I have cats too, but, you know, dogs especially tend to, you know, they're going to lick anything that's on the floor. So instead of being like, oh my gosh, that's bleach, you know, if I use a more natural cleaner, like I love the Dr. Bronner's mm-hmm. soap, you know, yes. you can use it for pet shampoo. You can use it for cleaning your dishes, body wash, and cleansers as well. So I typically use that around my home. And of course, you know, there's, I use stuff with vinegar, but that Dr. Bronner's has been my go-to because if I know that my, you know, dog accidentally gets into something that I may have sprayed on the floor, like after I've Swiffered my apartment and she's licking the floor, you know, yeah, it's not ideal, but (laughs) it's not something that she's going to get sick off of. And then cooking from scratch, that's definitely a big one for me as well, because sometimes I'll go out to eat. I have a gluten allergy. You know, I want to be sure of what's going into my food because you can ask the chef like, hey, does this have gluten in it? And they Mm -hmm. might say, you know, no, no, it's fine. And then later I'm like, oh yeah, that totally had wheat products in it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You can tell right away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So cooking from home, that is a good way to put it. Just knowing what is going into your body, into your home and just kind of in your environment. So that's very cool. It doesn't have to be difficult or complicated or anything, you know, it's just, yeah. So it's, it's a, I think it's definitely important to do. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind my asking, if you could choose like a favorite method of, you know, either a way you've changed your cleaning or a way that you've changed cooking from scratch, what would be one of your favorites? I recently left like my full-time position to stay at home more with the kids. But prior to that, I was was full-time. So I definitely was busy and trying to make all of this work. So, you know, it's not easy to fit it all in, but there's definitely ways that you can make it work for you. So some of the things that I like to do as far as like cooking from scratch is I definitely meal plan. I definitely meal plan, but again, I'm not overly meal. Like I can't do too long. So I'm really only good for like three or four days. And then Mm -hmm. I, I stray from my list of stuff, (laughs) but that definitely helps a lot. So I like to meal plan and, but I also like to really organize the meals that I have you know, like in my repertoire of like what I can work with, what I can, can use. So I know like how long things take me, different recipes. Like if I know on Fridays, like I am tired and I don't want a big meal. And in the past Mm -hmm. Fridays were always takeout days. So I'm trying to change that. But just knowing that Fridays, I'm not going to feel like cooking. So I need a recipe that is super easy little low maintenance yeah yeah (laughs) I think that kind of stuff comes with some practice and some just doing it for a while which is why it's not always like a fast and easy process to get to the point where you're cooking all your food from scratch because it definitely has some you know learning curve to it I think but you can see how it has evolved into being a more 
rhythmic type thing for us, which, you know, I really like. And and we just really started yeah. with like one thing. So just trying to use something that we were already using prepackaged and just finding a from scratch substitute for it, you know, and we just kind of started from there. And then that's what I would use going forward. And like for something, for example, would be like taco seasoning, you know, like mm-hmm. we always just use packaged, but find a recipe and use that. And then that's what we use. And it's just, it's even better. It's better tasting and it lasts longer and it's easy. It's not hard. Yeah. So yeah. Just, I like, love that. Yeah. Just find That never even occurred to me to look at, you know, packaged foods or, you know, fr- freezer meals that you're just like, okay, well, I know that this is an easy, like you said, Friday night, for example, mm-hmm. meal. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. If you can just like change one, a couple things a week or even just one thing a week that you use, that's prepackaged, like can of cream chicken soup or something. They have, you know, tons of recipes for that. You know, it's just, it's, it's easy little things like that, that really will months down the road, you'll, you'll be able to do these things yourself really easily. You make it sound so achievable and so possible. (laughs) And I think that's important because probably, you know, a lot of people that will hopefully new people will visit your blog, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot of people that, that go to your website probably think, man, this, this lady has it all nailed down. You know, she's got all this stuff I have so far to go and just kind of looking at it as like, a goals type of thing. But right. when you break it down like that, it does sound like something that other people can achieve. And that's, that's very cool. Well, moving a little bit forward to just mm-hmm. kind of changing the topic, you mentioned creating an environment of needs versus wants, which mm-hmm. is essentially what this podcast tries to focus on. You know, of course, I'm going to have the stray odd and end, you know, mm-hmm. like decorations. That's something that just looks pretty. And I just like having it around, but that's essentially what this podcast is about. So I'd love to hear more about how you go about achieving that. Sure. So we, I think it's, it comes down to whenever we think about purchasing something, you know, it's just a level of intention around it that we bring to it. So it's, and I'm trying to, so the kids, of course, they're little, so they want everything, but you know, (laughs) we'll work on that. But, you know, we think if we want it or need it, and then if we can make it ourselves with reasonable effort and time, because, you know, our time is valuable also, I think that that is something too, that like in our modern day lives, you know, old fashioned is great and we can do, you know, all those old fashioned skills and everything, but it doesn't have to be so difficult either. you know, our time's valuable and our, our, our efforts valuable. So I think we need to find that value between convenience and you know, doing things ourselves. So we really look at how we can, if we can do, if we can either fix it, we try to fix things, you know, (laughs) if we can try to mend things, clothing and all that type of stuff. I don't sew really, that's something maybe in the future, but I can mend something if I need to. (laughs) So those types of skills and then just really determining if we need it and if we, or, or if it's just a want. So if we need it, then I might try to wait a little bit longer before actually purchasing it. You know, like if you think you need it, you might wait, maybe, excuse me, wait a week or so to see if you still need it. Those kind of things. So it's just an actual level of intention before purchasing, if that makes sense. And really trying to figure out if there's other options for you. So I think that's important to teach our kids that, you know, to be resourceful and to look at all the options available. But that's just in in everything, not just purchasing things, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously you're making great use of your resources with your garden and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, that's great. I think a lot of working parents and people in general would love to hear how you find time for everything because all of this stuff sounds like (laughs) just so like, like I'm breathing a deep breath of fresh air because it sounds so calming and it sounds so lovely and, but it does sound time consuming, like Mm -hmm. you said. So what's your strategy? So what I think the most important thing is to figure out what your priorities are and what really drives you. So I think that that's kind of how I, my take of simple living in general is, is, you know, being intentional and purposeful with your effort and your time and the things that you choose to do. And so, you know, doing all these things that I kind of talked about gardening and food and food preservation and cooking from scratch and non-toxic cleaners and sewing and all the, all these things that people that tend to be drawn to this kind of stuff want to do it all. If you focus on what really drives you, like maybe you don't need a garden, but you want to cook from scratch, but you, you know, you don't have time to garden. Like, don't feel bad about that. You know, find other ways to get your your homegrown food, either from a local farm or a market or that kind of thing. And then, you know, put your focus into cooking from scratch, you know, so put your focus into mm-hmm. things that really are important to you, if that makes sense. So you can't do everything, or if you can do everything, you can't do it all right now. So right. once you master a skill, then move on to something else because it really is that it's definitely super easy to get sucked in and want to do it all. And all of a sudden you're trying to sew and bake bread and can tomatoes and, you know, clean your whole house with all the homemade cleaners that you made. And it can be a lot. So I think that it's important first to figure out what your priorities are and then set kind of goals for you on like a yearly or or two year, three year basis. So you're not looking at everything right now and then feeling guilty about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the part I hate is the guilt. Like if I set out to organize my entire closet or like I've just moved and I'm looking at all these boxes and I have lots and lots of art supplies and it's like, you know, if I try and focus on all the different areas and say, well, okay, I'm going to take care of everything in the art supply closet and in, you know, my clothing closet and, you know, in the bathroom and focus on everything, then nothing's going to get done. I'm going to get overwhelmed and I'm going to give up. But there is that, like, I think that drive for us want to want to get everything done. So yeah, having patience, I think you, you really kind of, kind of nailed that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important because like, yeah, you can definitely get sucked in and try to do everything, but it's just, mm-hmm. and you don't need to, you know, it's like for us, we, you know, I'd say that I cook from scratch like 85% of the time. Like I, I don't do it a hundred percent of the time and that's okay. And that's fine. You know, so yeah. you need to not feel bad or guilty about that. If you're working towards learning these things and just working towards a better sense of natural, healthy living for your family, then that's all you can really do. And that's great. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to actually have you on again sometime to just pick your brain about one aspect, like absolutely hey, cooking from scratch or yeah. you know, meal planning. We could actually do a whole, a whole oh, episode good. on meal planning. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess any parting words for our listeners who, who are looking to simplify their lives? So I really think that if you want to simplify your life, you know, start with something simple, something that's really important to you, one new skill, try to gain one new piece of knowledge and, you know, work that to fit into your life. 
and then master it and then work on, you know, move on to something else. Because as we talked about before, until you master it, it doesn't fit easily into your life until you really figure out all the ins and outs of it. And then once it does, it's just become seamlessly. And that's how people look like they've got it all under control because they worked it into their life by practicing. So I think that that's important. That's and, really well said. <laughs> and we do, I mean, if you're able to, you know, check out my blog, we do have a simple living starter kit that has some really great resources to help you start cooking from scratch and planning and finding out what your priorities are to move forward with living sim- more simply. You can get that at simplelivingstarterkit.com and hopefully that will help you out. Awesome. Okay. Well, simplelivingstarterkit.com. Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me today. I know you're a very busy woman. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I really am enjoying your podcast episodes. So I look forward to hearing more. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thank you. Once again, Stephanie Leaf, all of the links to her blog, Facebook, and other resources can be found in the show notes or just visit wingingitonthehomestead.com for more information. That's going to conclude today's episode. Stephanie, thanks again. Thank you so much. I hope this interview has inspired you with tips you can use throughout the new year to make your home cozier and achieve realistic ways to live intentionally. If you'd like even more ideas, check out Winging It on the Homestead on Facebook, Pinterest, or on Stephanie's website. And again, you can get your Simple Living Starter Kit for free at simplelivingstarterkit.com. All the links are available in the show notes for easy access. A special thank you to Daniel Tibet from Liquid Studios for editing today's interview segment, and tune in next week for the conclusion of the Sustainable Living episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life, And when your life is simplified, your mind will feel free.